Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. BFFT. From the Pac West Center in downtown Portland, presented by High Caliber Millwrights, here's John Canzano with the Bald Face Truth. Our next guest can talk all things soccer and a little more. Nick Carlin Boyd is the men's soccer coach, University of Portland. Uh, they have done it again on the NCAA stage. They've advanced to the Sweet 16. They will host Western Michigan Saturday. 5 o'clock at Merlot Field. If you're looking for something to do, you got family in town for the holiday. Nick Carlin Voigt would love to have you out at Merlot Field. He's joining us now. Uh, before I get into this, uh, talking UP, let's talk about the men's national team. 1-1 uh, draw. Uh, I'm not happy about this. I, I need a little more fireworks to draw in people like me who aren't like diehard soccer fans, coach. Yeah, we started, I thought we played a really good first half. You know, I'm a big fan of our national team and our, and our coach. Um, you could tell in the second half, I think we ran out of some juice. We faded. A lot of our top players hadn't been playing regularly. So it's, uh, it's a strange time to, to have a World Cup. But, you know, Christian's not playing every day at Chelsea. And, and Dest, I don't think he's played in over three months. Weston McKenney. You know, you could tell he's nursing an injury. So, um, you know, the, 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 the Welsh team is good. And um, silly penalty kick we gave up. And I think, you know, we left two points on the table. But getting a point is, is, is okay. You know, we'll probably be able to advance um, with four. And, you know, we're a big underdog against England on, on Friday. Uh, it's a billion-dollar team they have. And then we definitely have to get three points at, uh, when we play Iran. So, I don't think it's doomsday. I think you know we're still we're still in a, a good good uh, situation. Probably gonna be tough to win the group now, yeah. um, but I think definitely the second half left uh, a, a lot more on the table and it left some fans uninspired. But uh, you know I'm, I'm loyal to our team and I'm gonna get behind our group and, and continue to cheer them on. How much do we have to worry about England having a handshake draw with Wales? Like, you know, it's a, how much do we have to worry about that in in their matchup on uh, that's coming up uh, a week from tomorrow? I think that could be something uh, based on what happens in in the England U.S. game. But uh, you know, listen, last time we, we we played England, we got we got a result and. Mm -hmm. You know, that's kind of the American mentality. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. We're still going to be an underdog when we're playing these European powers. And, you know, while England has this big roster and, and world-class players, I still think we can give them a match. And, you know, on the day, uh, I think in, 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 in football, anything's possible. So yeah. I'm not conceding yet on that match. And yeah. you know, let's see what happens, right? Like, let's let's see what this group is all about. It's a young team, and I think you saw that today, like, a young team is going to be inconsistent. There were spurts in the game that looked really good, and then there were spurts, you know, phases of the game in the, in the second half where we were very inconsistent, and 
I think the average age of our team is just 23, 24 years old, and we're one of the youngest teams in, in, in the world. So a lot of expectations on these guys. It was, it was great to see them back in the World Cup after missing the last one. But for sure, I know the fans, and we want, we want winners, and we wanted to get three points out of today. And I think, I think we could have. Um, you know, the, the, the Wales team came out in the second half and stepped up to the ball and put more pressure on us and played more direct. And, you know, that's, that's kind of think what was expected. And, um, you know, we need our big players to step up and, and make plays. And for us to have any chance against England, we're going to need, we're going to need more of the attackers for sure. Yeah. I even think, uh, our Adams, you know, is one of the youngest captains ever. Yes. He's like 23 yes. years old. He's a captain yeah. of the team. So that's I think right. that plays a role. Give me an idea as a coach and you're watching other matches. You've been in that situation yourself at the university of Portland, where you're looking for a little energy in the second half. Mm-hmm. How do you know when's the right time? What's the right move? Well, in an international game, you have, you have five opportunities to change the game, and those are with your subs, you know, in terms of energy and personnel. And, you know, I thought we would see Gio Reyna today. Also, I was surprised, you know, we, we didn't bring Gio in. He's also been injured for a long time, but now he's playing again at Dortmund. So, um, yeah, I think those are those moves that coaches make that, you know, make coaches, right? So if, if, you, can, if you can make the right – checkers chess moves and you know you, you get rewarded and you did the right thing to kind of get the chemistry of the group right and I think probably the Wales team had the upper hand today in terms of finishing the match stronger uh, than, than the U.S. team and then making better adjustments as, as the game went on but again like I'm, I'm a big fan of, our, of, of, our, of this generation of players and I'm a product of American soccer so I'm always going to be behind the team and, and supporting them and you know we didn't lose so I think that you need to get points out of the first the first match in, in group play, and um, I think if you don't get points, it's very very hard to advance. Yeah. So I think still two games left, everything to play for. Uh, we definitely have to beat Iran, and you know let's see if we can shock the world and, and, and maybe yeah. get three, but if not one on uh, Friday against England. Now, when you go to make a substitution in the college game, you got rules that are different than FIFA. Mm-hmm. So you uh, you know if you do make a substitution that's not an injury substitution, is it just that you normally have a rotation where you like to bring in a, a player in for a change of pace, or are you looking for things like, you know, so and so just doesn't have a spring in his step today? Like you know, is is it more a case of you know data driving that decision or your gut? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, X's and O's are important, and, and, and a lot of people can do the X's and O's. I think all coaches can, but the relationship piece is really important in, in really knowing your players and when they're on and, and why they're off or, you know, what the exertion they have on their legs and, and just trying to change things up. But I've been really proud of, of our group because I think uh, we always preach that the bench is going to decide games and the guys who don't start, especially in college soccer, where there's a condensed schedule. And, and you need to have a deep bench. You need to have guys come off the bench to change the game. That happened in our match yesterday, right? Like Muslim Umar yeah. was, was a freshman that we brought into the game. He scored a second goal. It was by far his, his best match in, in a pilot uniform. And after the game, I, I told everyone he was he was the player of the game. He, cha- he changed the game on both sides of the ball. and. Um, you know, most people won't know, but he was he was nursing an ankle injury three days leading up to that game and didn't even practice. So he was up for it, and sometimes big-time players step up in big-time moments, and, and he was ready for that moment, and he wasn't overwhelmed by the moment and, and took advantage of it. So part of it's a gut feeling. Part of it's knowing your guys. Part of it is, is making sure you have gamers. You know, like I've seen a lot of good players over the days be really good in practice, and then the lights in the arena come on, and, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're a little bit 
spooked. And so other players sometimes in practice, they're okay. And then the big moments come and, and they turn into big time players. So you got to have gamers. You got to have players in any sport that, 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 that want to make plays uh, when everyone's watching. University of Portland men's soccer coach Nick Carlin Voigt is our guest. They've advanced to the Sweet 16. You'll host Western Michigan Saturday, 5 o'clock, Merlot Field. Uh, you know, as you get to this stage and you've been here, uh, how are you thinking? Uh, is, it, is it more about rest and maintenance? Is it about watching film and strategy? How do you approach this game Saturday? Yeah, it's everything. You know, it's uh, we, we we had a really incredible, difficult run. You know, we we were a little bit ticked off. We weren't in consideration for a C because we've had one of the best seasons in program history in a regular season. We only lost two matches, both on the road, and so we were in consideration for a top sixteen seed. But as we know, uh, coming from our league, you have to be near perfect, and 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 we were close to that, but not quite close enough, and so. It started off with hosting the game on Thursday, and, and we played the Big West champs, and you know, able to get a, a good result against Riverside, and then turn around and, and go down to Corvallis to play Oregon State, who's a seeded team, and they're on short short rest. Uh, sometimes that can work for you. Sometimes that can work against you. I like the fact that we won the game on Thursday. Our medical staff, our training room, we brought in the masseuse. They turned our guys around really, really well. And you know, when, when the whistle blew on Sunday, when our guys were fresh and and ready to go and, and had a tournament win under their belt. And, you know, the first half was with KG. Um, they were probably a little bit better than us. And the second half, I thought you could just feel it was going to be Portland and the momentum started to turn. And we made some adjustments at halftime, some of it tactical, some of the personnel, and, and, and they worked. And so, you know, all credit to the players for, for coming out and, and scoring two good goals. We could have scored a third, and, and then we did what we needed to get the shutout and, and move on to the next game. So... Uh, Western will be an exactly different type of game. You know, they're very physical, big, strong, very direct. Uh, I think they beat Akron earlier in the season, who, who has a game model similar to us, and they want to pass the ball and keep the ball and play on the ground and control control the tempo. And Western, you know, followed them 40 times in the match. So we know that uh, you know Western at this stage in the, in the in the final 16. There's no bad teams. They won their they won their league. They've also earned the right to be here. You know, they went on the road and, and beat Louisville in the ACC, and then they beat a seeded Lipscomb team, and, and they won their league by going to Akron and winning on the road. So we'll do all those things. We'll prepare. You know, it'll be uh, new players, new names, new system. But, you know, what you do at this time is, is you do what you're good at, and we're going to focus on us and try to be the best version of ourselves. And, you know, we're just delighted to, to represent the city, our community in North Portland, Northeast Portland, Soccer City, USA here. And, and for the first time, in, I believe, in program history, we're at home for a Sweet 16 game, you know. Um, so that is that is something I think everyone at the university, from the president's level to, to our athletic director, Scott Lakeham, to, uh, you know, my sports supervisor, Karina, to our fans, our support, they can all be really proud of for for playing a big role in, in helping this team be successful. And then ultimately it's about the players. That's always the vision that I had when, when I got this job is make it players first environment and give them the structure and, and give them a platform to succeed and, and let the team grow. And it's been really fun to see these guys come together in a, in a real positive way and create a brotherhood and a family to, to represent the program and the university really well. And, and, and ultimately that's about winning games, but you know, it's more than that. It's, it's about, guys playing hard for each other and playing the right way and doing things the right way off the field and 
and, and trying to play really good soccer. And I think we've done that. You know, we, we've scored 50 goals this year, and that, that's a milestone. To score 50 goals in a season is not easy. And they're one of the best attacking teams in the country. And so anyone out there, we'd love to, to earn your support. It's a fun team to, to, to get behind, and it's an exciting team. We very much believe we're in the entertainment business, and, you know, we want to entertain fans and, and put on a good show. And we've made Merlot Field a fortress all year. And so let's let's pack that place for a Sweet 16 game and, and get it rocking on Saturday. Now, I would normally ask any other coach, like, what do you know about Kalamazoo? But <laughs> you are a Kalamazoo, Michigan native, Comstock right. High School. You went to Kalamazoo College. What is this? This has got to be kind of a little bit surreal for you to kind of look and go, hey, you know, there was an upset on that side of the bracket. I think that, that everyone expected Lipscomb to, to win that. But uh, how does that feel for you to kind of, you know, get a little piece at home? Yeah, well, credit to Western. You know, there was an upset for them to be Louisville in the ACC and then go to Lipscomb and win. So I got a lot of messages after the game. Are you coming back? No one quite knew where the game was and who was seated <laughs> higher. And I, I just, you know, I told our players on the bus after the game's going to be at home. Uh, and I said, it's my home. It's Portland now. So, you know, Kalamazoo will always be home. And my family and I have, have put in roots. And my mom went to Western Michigan. My wife, Dr. Mary Anderson Poster, went to Western Michigan. And so, um, you know, her family lives a mile from campus. My mom lives probably an eighth of a mile from their stadium. Uh, I grew up playing against their coach. Their assistant coach was... Uh, a youth coach in the club that I played at. He went to the same college I did. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. You know, it's it's um, definitely not the opponent you would you would you would say, hey, that's who will probably play in the Sweet 16 uh, just by the chances. But um, you know, it's all business too. Like you know, we want to advance. You know, I'm I'm a Portland guy, and I don't I don't forget where I came from. But you know, this is another team that that's in our way of, of advancing to the next round and. Um, it's an interesting story for sure. There's a very small community, soccer community in Kalamazoo, but, um, you know, it's all about Portland and the pilots and, and doing everything we can to, to advance. And, um, you know, I'm glad I'm not going home for Thanksgiving. I'll be honest, either way, either not playing in a tournament or going <laughs> to play them, I'll, I'll take our chances here at Merlot Field. All right. So you get them, uh, you know, I'm looking all over this bracket. I mean, it, it, you know, it probably is no surprise you see you guys in there. I think a lot of people know the history of Portland, University of Portland soccer. And, you know, you've got uh, Kentucky on the other side of that bracket there. And, of course, UCLA that people know. And, you know, these are probably all schools you recruit against. This is a big one for you. Um, you know, for people who want to come out, Nick, how do they get tickets to this event? How do they, how do they pack Merlot Field on Saturday at 5 o'clock? Yeah, bring your community, bring your friends, bring your family. You know, eat some eat some turkey on Thursday. Uh, come support our basketball team as well. They got a big match at the Moda Center. They're playing UNC on Thursday. They need some turkey. Come and uh, support us Saturday. You can get tickets at PortlandPilots.com. They went on sale today at 11 a.m. We want to sell the place out. So spread the word. Um, soccer is not over in the fall. Congratulations to the Thorns for doing really well. I want to recognize yeah. our women's team for going undefeated at home, making a run in the tournament. And in and, 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 Soccer City USA, they love getting behind the team. So come out and support. You know, if you haven't been to a game at Merlot Field, it's it's one of the best places in the country to watch a game. And I think you you'll really be uh, excited to come watch our guys and get behind our program and, and our team. So come on out. It's easy to get tickets. You can get them at Walk Up too. But you want to pre-order them? PortlandPilots.com through our ticket office. Dave Taylor will take good care of you. 
All right, Nick, thank you. Congrats to you guys, Sweet 16. I know you've been in the NCAA tournament, I think, four times now, but uh, getting to the Sweet 16, give them hell on Saturday. Thanks so much, John. Appreciate it, and uh, thanks for your support of the pilots. There you go. Nick Carlin Voigt, talking soccer. Now John Strong can get off my back. Leave it here. you got the BFT statewide. You've got the home of the truth. Back to the bald-faced truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. Well, we took the plunge over the weekend. We did. We got a puppy. We did it. Anna tweeted it, put it on her Instagram. I wrote about it on Saturday at johnconzano.com. Uh, we had talked about getting a puppy. We got a puppy. We've had a puppy now for about 24 hours. Anna, how's that been for you? How's the last 24 <laughs> been for you in your life? I forgot. Let's just let's just be <laughs> honest, okay? I forgot that bringing a puppy home is like bringing home a newborn baby. It's been about 12 or 13 years since we last did the puppy thing. A little more recent on the newborn baby thing. And one can argue that a puppy is even harder because you're actually having to go outside in the middle of the night and take it out to go potty and poo and I now, I've resigned myself to smelling like liver treats for about the next 10 days at least. Yeah, you're going through a lot of this. Uh, you're, you're, you're forwarding me websites that have all the answers <laughs> that make it sound very easy. Yes. Uh, Judah has, uh, I think about, how many months ago did you have the newborn baby? I, like, a time is, I, there's no sense of time anymore. I, I, I want to say 14 months. I could be wrong. Okay. Have you forgotten how hard it was, or do you? Is it a fresh memory, like that first couple of months? Too fresh. Yeah. Too fresh. I remember. I think there's some biology in that that you eventually uh -huh. forget enough, and yeah. that's what makes you want to have a second child. Yeah. Because like, if you remembered everything, yeah. If you remembered all the things, we would have a lot of uh, single children and, frankly, single puppies walking yeah. around in households. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But, uh, yeah, the, your, your mind forgets. Your mind forgets. All right, so you, uh, you've been dealing with puppy. Uh -huh. uh, I've been dealing with it a little bit, but i got to be honest. I, I, uh, I got home. Having a puppy is kind of like having a 7.30 kickoff yeah. in the Pac-12. Yeah. Because I went to the Oregon-Utah game on Saturday. Yeah, this and is crazy. I went down to the game, and I watched the game, and I covered the game, and I wrote about the game. And then I packed my stuff up, and then I got in the car, and then I headed back towards the Portland metropolitan area on I-5 through some little bit of traffic, but still coming back. And I did stop for a carne asada burrito at Abierto's in Salem, my favorite stop. 24 hours. 24 hours. They were open. Brilliant. Uh, and, uh, and I got home, and it was after 3 a.m., guys. After 3 a.m. And then I got up at 6.30 to finish writing and post at johnconzano.com. So I did have it. I did buy four burritos, though, because I wasn't just buying for the trip home. I was thinking about Sunday, Monday. You know, I, I was being very forward thinking there. Yeah, good thing. Good the thing. 7.30 kickoffs have to stop. 
Well, and you wonder, like, what does everybody else do? I mean, granted, not everybody else is sticking around after and listening to the press conference and getting some writing done. People are, well, they're heading out and they're sitting in traffic. Yeah, there's a lot of people still in the parking lot, though. There were people who were sitting in the parking lot still when I left at, like, you know, damn near 2 a.m., and a lot of them had Winnebago's. I mean, maybe I need a Winnebago. Well, you've been saying that for a while. Just go, like, mosey down in the BFT bago. Then park, park in the lot at Autzen, and then what? Uh, just come home like, you know, I begin rolling in about Monday morning. I I actually think that, because I, I worry about you. Like, I don't sleep when you do that, because I'm worried nah. that, you know, I don't know. I'm just worried that you're not going to make it home or that you're driving fatigued. No, like I, 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 you're on adrenaline at that point. That's what I figured. Yeah, I'm a, you're on adrenaline. I'm, you know, thinking about the game, thinking about Oregon's offense, Oregon's defense. I'm thinking about who's going to win the game, formerly known as the Civil War. I'm wondering why haven't they named the Civil War? How far I'm, are you away you from know, my bare toes? Yeah, and I'm going, you know, there are 24 hours. It would be a shame to leave those employees just standing there. That's right. You know? That's so right. might as well pull off. Way to do your part. Um. All right. By the way, at Abiertos in Salem, mm-hmm. they have uh, – they have a drive-through, okay, mm-hmm. and in the drive-through, it they have like it, I guess other people have done this over the years. They have these these poles that are in the ground to keep you from running into the building. Yeah, you know how that you know oh, how businesses yeah. will put a pole in the ground. Absolutely, and they're like hit this, yeah. don't hit the building. Yeah, and but those poles over the years, people who've gone through the drive-through have taken bumper stickers <laughs> and put them all over the poles. Oh, that's cute. So. I the last time I was in that drive-through, you did not. I took a BFT bumper sticker. Oh my gosh! And I stuck it on one of the poles. Okay. Okay. And I came through this time, and I was proud to see that it was still affixed hey, in the drive-through. Hey, how about that? So some things do last for a few weeks in the Pac-12 season. <laughs> um, let's go to the phone lines. Uh, Jacob is in Eugene. He's listening on Fox Sports Eugene. Jacob, what's on your mind? Well, uh, Friday I called in about uh, my peeves. One was people, uh, you know, going slow in the left lane, and the other one was Oregon not ever having a good defense. And 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 uh, holy Spicoli, the defense showed out and pretty much won that game. Holy Spicoli, indeed. How did that feel for you? Do you think they could keep that going, or did that have more to do with Utah and Cam Rising not being right? TBD. Uh, all I can say is TBD there. Uh, the game was great. I had to step away for a couple minutes in the third quarter because I about had a couple heart attacks. Yep. But um, I-, I thought it was a great performance. And I, at first, I thought the announcers were over-exaggerating about Bo's injury because it seemed like every two minutes they are like, oh, my God, Bo Nick, he can't even walk. And, you know, I'm like, well, maybe he is actually really hurt. So, you know, it, it was a great game. Uh, and uh, I, but, I, but I'm really worried about the Beavers. I mean, Yep. They've just been showing out for weeks now, and they're licking their chops to get at us. But uh, I think the Ducks can get them, but I think it's going to be a close game. So go Ducks. Yep. I think it's going to be a really hard-fought game. And I think it means a lot to both programs, but I think it means a little more to Oregon State. I think there, when you look up and down the Oregon State roster, I think you see more homegrown kids. And I also think you see players who have been in the program – for three and four years, who got who remember getting their teeth kicked in by Oregon uh, at the uh, end of the Gary Anderson era, and so I think, you know, a couple of years ago, Oregon State won at Reeser Stadium, 
amid the pandemic, but it was a really weird game. It was they had cardboard fan cutouts in the stands and so I'm kind of looking at this game. I think Oregon State, they've been dynamite at home. I think they'll show up to play. I think they'll run the ball a little bit on Oregon because they run on everybody. Um, and their defense, I think it's it's going to be the best defense that Oregon has seen probably since. I, I mean, I, I'm even trying to think uh, this season. It may be the best defense they've faced it, since their opener against Georgia. Like, you know, I don't think Oregon State's defense is as good as Georgia, but I think Oregon State's defense is better than Washington. I think it's better than Utah. I think it's better than UCLA. I think it's better. You know, I go down the list of the Pac-12. That is a really good defense that's playing at a high level. And so I think this is a game. And so, uh, and I even think, look, if Bo Nix isn't right, I said this in the opening segment. Judah, check me on this. I'm, I believe if Bo Nix isn't right, if you have the same Bo Nix that played against Utah who really can't move, it's just going to sit on a stool and sling passes, it'll be fine. I think it'll be a game. But I think Oregon State will blow that up. They will make that an uncomfortable experience for Oregon. No doubt about it. Uh, if you ask me, you know, what the scenarios of this game are, is it close Oregon win or a close Oregon State win? I could see either one of those, sure. But if you ask me blowout potential, I don't see the Ducks blowing out the Beavers. There's a, sm- there's a small version where the Beavers win by two scores, I think. Two or three scores. Like, it- it's just, they're just an avalanche at home defensively. And if they can do enough things, I think that, you know, they can control this game. Right now, I'm I'm firmly on the Beavers winning this game right now or on a Monday. Am I wrong in this assessment? And feel free to tell me if I'm wrong in framing it this way. But I feel like the Beavers, it's like they're going to be playing to win and the Ducks will be playing not to lose. And Maybe. if that's the case, how does Coach Lanning, you know, what strategy does he have with his team going into this game. I, I want to hear from callers. Who do you like in this game right now and why? 503-417-7575. I think it's an interesting study. Um, I, Oregon's plan for a lot, though. Oregon's plan to get to Las Vegas, get to the conference championship game, fulfill their destiny. But we often see in sports, you know, one moment, right? Bo Nix showed up. He had a bad wheel. Oregon, a very emotional game for them last week in beating Utah. Can they replicate it in a second week in an environment that is 180 degrees different with Oregon State actually showing up? Like, I think this game means more to Oregon State than it than the bowl game will mean for Oregon State. Like, I think Oregon State, this is their moment. And I'm looking at their defensive performance. Let's look at their last three games. They gave up seven points to Arizona State last Saturday. They gave up 10 to Cal the Saturday before. They gave up 24 the Friday before to Washington. They gave up 9 to Colorado in the week before that. And they gave up 10 to Washington State the week before that. Nobody's scoring on them. Nobody's scoring on the Beavers right now. Keep an eye on that as you go to make your picks. Because I'm, I'm right now I called it a pick em, But uh, I want to know more about the health of a couple of Oregon State. <laughs> We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, Sorry Truth to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.